Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Very excited about a lot of things. All right. Number one is I don't want to waste any time introducing our guest. Okay. Uh, our guest, it's a, this is a return guest, but this might be the longest uh, chasm between appearances of any guest, uh, of any return guest ever. That's um, probably true, yes. So much so that her credits have changed from the Throwing Shade podcast. It's Aaron Gibson. Hi. Thanks for So being happy here. to see you guys. You're both doing beards, which I'm glad you're keeping that going. I'm actually... Uh, you're doing a partial beard. Am I? I don't know. Uh, I, sh- I, sh- I started keeping the neck clean because I decided I wanted to take... But isn't this considered beard? a beard even so, if you, even if you yeah, trim no, it's it? A, it's a beard. Um, but I, I, like, I, I sort of had a beard up until someone recently, and I talked with in the podcast, I had a beard out of laziness maybe it's usually how it starts right but now i've decided to take the beard thing seriously so i'm keeping the neck clean this Every is great morning i'm shaving yeah, yeah it's a good summer beard oh good yeah but i'm also toying with i got a new beard trimmer my old one the guard broke and this one the longest setting is a little longer than my last one so i'm toying with maybe growing the beard out a little bit you've we'll got a lot of options right now yeah we'll That's see how it goes the, the, really the world is open to you <laughs> it's it's your oyster but uh i wanted to say i was thinking about this today aaron it's been so long since you were on the show. It's been like five years. Six years. Oh, no way. In, in, two, in two months, I'm getting married. I can't believe it. Last time you were on the show, I had not even met my fiance. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And my hair's longer. I noticed. That's, that's not the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm divorced, and I, and I have a new boyfriend who I live with. Oh, and yeah? And everybody's friends. My ex-husband and my boyfriend, and, my, and me and his new girlfriend. All right. It's nutty, progressive LA business. I'm still married. You're doing it. You're you're right. You're riding the stream. <laughs> That's not what it is. Riding the wave. You're just absolutely keeping it steady. I say I'm still married. Like I'm disappointed. I love being married. It's and I and I don't know. It's yeah, great. it's great. You don't have to do anything when you're married. Just celebrated nine years. Wait, you'd be what? like, oh, I have to um, stay here because I love this person on the couch. So I'm not going to go out oh, tonight. You. Yeah, you know what wow. I mean? Damn right. And everybody's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You get to do everything when you're married. The only <laughs> you thing you don't, don't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do anything. You can't have sex with other people, or you can, depending on your relationship thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's, a that's the only case. downside of being married. And I'll say this. The two of you really need to be on the same page about that. Oh, yeah. With other people. That's a conversation to have before, <laughs> yeah. beforehand with the wedding planner. <laughs> exactly. And nobody does yeah. it. They're just like, mm, I'll see if this works <laughs> later. <laughs> um. So, yeah, but... Uh, well, I'm so happy to come back because, um, you know, I've been also, in addition to Throwing Shade, is I've been doing this movie review show with my with uh, Yasser Lester, who's a stand-up. And so I have to see every single blockbuster. Yeah. The, I, the I worst thing I saw was Sabotage. Uh, what's The Sabotage? Arnold Schwarzenegger Sabotage. movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his comeback movie. Yeah, which yeah. Was, I saw The Last Stand. Wasn't that his comeback movie? Well, neither of them did well. They were both attempted comebacks. Okay. Yeah. This one was the one that came out in, like, February? No. Yeah, March which actually, April? it got some interesting reviews. Like, nobody said nobody <laughs> reviewed it well, but I think Matt Singer at um, Dissolve, it might have been Nathan Ray, but I don't remember, said that, like, though it is not good, it is still interesting to see that this is sort of, like, his unfor- his version of Unforgiven. But, that but is it's still not very good. Really good. It's not... that He said it's not good, but this, but it's not good. So it's yes. not good. Right, yeah. He's not saying it's good. <laughs> okay. But there's, there's, you just did a not good sandwich yeah. is what he did. There's good and... Sorry, there's not good and boring. This was not good 
intriguing premise, but still not good. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, disagree with that. It was an intriguing pre- premise, but it was hyper violent for for me, like yeah. unnecessarily. And that got that's how they got away with that. Like, oh well, it sustained my attention. Mm. Oh yeah, because people were being stapled to the ceiling. <laughs> really? So yeah, it was super. <laughs> I don't like gore, and it was it was gory. It was really gory. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> now, I, That's um, how you do it, right? I generally uh, avoid the the blockbuster thing, but I did really like 22 Jump Street. Great. I loved it, too. It was fantastic. And I didn't really like 21 Jump Street, so I went in skeptical. Oh. And this one really, interesting. really impressed me. That is interesting because there are so many jokes in 22 Jump Street that, you, that they just repeat. But the fact that they're... From 21 Jump here's Street. Here's the thing, and we talked about it a little in the podcast, like... Uh, 21 Jump Street to me felt like it in, in in a lot of ways succumbed to that thing that a lot of modern studio comedies do where uh, they let the, the riffing go on a little too long and it and the, and the sort of shape of the movie loses shape. It loses its mm-hmm. form and its momentum because they're just, oh, we got two funny guys. Let's let them riff for a little bit. Let them uh, improvise. Uh, and this one, because it had this idea, this sort of... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This driving idea. And that's not the word I'm looking for, but anyway. Um, unifying is what I'm... Unifying yeah. concept of we're making a sequel about what sequels do. It's It managed to keep itself on the same page the whole time. Oh, interesting. That's why I liked it. It had a through line. And at first, when they started making all the sequel jokes, I was like, this is st- stupid. They're being lazy. They're just like nodding toward the sequel thing as a way of trying to get away with it. But then it kept changing. It kept going on as the movie went on. And that's why I thought it was an improvement. Over I the thought first it was time. great. I, I it was really fun. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really <laughs> fun. It was. I'm trying to think of what there was one other movie I really liked this summer. Oh, I love Maleficent. I didn't see it. I wanted to see it. It was like a feminist take on Snow White. That's you know what? That's that's one uh, Sleeping Beauty, I believe. Right. Sure. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Clearly, I care about details. <laughs> it's um, some fucking shit from Disney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did. Yeah, no, they did right. the Snow White thing twice. I said two Cinderella, years ago. right? What was that? You I said, said Cinderella. Snow, Snow White. I said Sleeping Beauty. Now you're saying, and then Cinderella. you said Pocahontas, and then I said Mulan. <laughs> Great. Hunchback Tank. of Notre Dame. And when I said Cinderella, I meant the '80s metal band. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, um, yeah, and uh, Maleficent is one that I didn't see, but I heard a lot of people say what I was talking about with. Uh, forgotten the name already sabotage yeah um that it's a really neat idea especially for what is ostensibly like a a kids movie or a family film um but that it's just that its heart is in the right place and bravo to it for trying to do something but that in the end it's really just not that great i was excited to see it but then i saw cg armies fighting each other again i was like i'm out i mean see this is just where i think it's just here's where we get into feminism is that there aren't a lot of I'm going to spoil Maleficent for everyone okay. who hasn't seen it. Are you going to see it? Uh, I might see it. Doesn't, I don't care if I'm spoiled for it. Okay. Um, so in every single fairy tale, a man saves a girl. There's a damsel in distress for the most part, right? So we don't really ever get to see feminine heroes in in, in these stories. And in the story, Angelina Jolie is the, feminist, is the, is the female hero. And they even try... They try to like trick you into thinking it's going to be Prince Charming. Uh-huh. The, the, you know, they, she can only have a kiss. Uh, she can only be awoken by a kiss from someone who truly loves her. So they have a Prince Charming. Maleficent brings him in to kiss her to break the spell. It doesn't work. And then 
when I realized it didn't work, I started clapping <laughs> because I was like, Maleficent is the one. <laughs> She's the one who loves her. A lady loves a lady in a movie. And I was flabbergasted because it never happens. So maybe the bar is a little lower for women because we just don't get to see stuff like that all the time. And it was delightful. You know? been, that's, I mean, I didn't see Maleficent, but I did see Frozen, which had a very similar yeah. twi- twist at the end. You think the guy's coming to save her and you realize it's about these sisters. Exactly. Did you see a movie called Trans-Siberian? Um, who's in it? Fantastic movie. Ben Kingsley and Emily, Emily Mortimer, Mortimer is the and Woody lead Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. No, yeah. and that's I love Emily Mortimer though. No, I love her in this she's, because it, I know what Ty was going to say. So yeah. I should let him say it. <laughs> it's it's a really great film, and she's if you like her, you'll you'll love. Yeah, it. She's I think wonderful. she's rad. Um, and it's uh, I won't I don't really need to go into the story, but basically it's this married couple, and they're uh, they get involved in some international intrigue. That makes it sound like an espionage thriller. They get in, involved in some intrigue in an, in another country. Okay. Um, a pickle. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The Marx Brothers pickle. show up. Uh, and so, um, and while the couple is, all, it's never really a one person's in distress and the other has to save them. They're in it together pretty much the whole time, but she definitely takes the lead. I, I would almost I say that Woody Harrelson plays the girlfriend role that would be oh, in any other. It's definitely movie, that. And she's the, she's the hero and he's yeah. the, yeah. Yeah, it's but a it's really not, a fantastic movie. Yeah, but it's but they're together. He is he is not merely sort of sidekick, but he is sort of the typical girlfriend role, and he's still very good in it. Of course, yeah. yeah. And they don't make him out to be by by relegating him to that role. They're not diminishing his character. They're just making her stronger than he is uh, in dealing with this specific. Uh, problem, and so it's it's a very interesting movie. And, Was this and, whole role written to like? Just make sure that her story gets forwarded. <laughs> I mean, that's a trope. I had to watch it again. It's been that I was a trope it. joke. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I know. But I, I uh, can't. It was, I, I wouldn't that's be me if I didn't take jokes seriously. Yeah, that's why I liked um, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, right. Which we want to get into, but we have yeah. some bills to pay first. That's a callback to something that happened off Wait, while we were recording. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, though, before you get into that, I want to mention for our listeners who know. This is just a, a plug for someone who's not paying us, but uh, Los Angeles Plays Itself. Oh, I know. I don't know if you've heard of this movie, Los Angeles Plays Itself. No. It's a three-hour-long, uh, I guess, documentary, but more like a film essay yeah. about the ways that uh, the city of Los Angeles has been portrayed in movies, and it's amazing. Uh, and it only plays at, like, the Arrow or the Egyptian once a year or so. Finally, someone's putting it out on home video. It's from 2003. It's coming out September 30th from Cinema Guild on DVD and Blu-ray. I will absolutely be buying it. Cinema Guild is awesome, and uh, this is one of the one of my favorite movies of the last, of the century so far. And so I want to make sure everyone knows, because they probably heard me and Tyler talk about the movie on the podcast before uh los angeles plays itself is finally coming out it's september 30th yeah, and it's i did direct marvelous. it so please buy it <laughs> oh my i didn't know about it but i directed it <laughs> it's uh and also yeah uh one of the things that i thought of with room 237 was oh well that got distribution i, I wonder seen, if yeah. if los angeles yeah, plays the, itself oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. the hang up is uh, always was that he uses so many clips that he didn't necessarily have rights to they didn't know if they could have the under fair use if they could distribute it or not that was the hang up for a long time i guess cinema guild solve that problem and yeah. now it's coming out that's, that's great. fantastic i but, love i love 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 watching movies and being like oh, that's broadway that's grand street right. that's like you know but that's i think third people i think a lot of people uh, certainly people who 
don't know Los Angeles, but I think even a lot of people who live in Los Angeles should see it, not just from the movie point of view, just to have a better understanding of Los Angeles as a city with its own identity. Because people think of Los Angeles so much as the 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 facade and the, yeah and like <laughs> oh everyone's so fake there and all the you know everyone's trying to get into the industry and there's this whole you know uh, I ride the train and the bus every day with uh, you know scores of people who are not in the industry you know there's a whole city going on and that's just a part of it and I, Los Angeles plays itself as a really fantastic way to um, learn that Los Angeles is a place with its own identity like any other city I I find myself wishing because. You know, it's 2003. That's it's 11 years ago now, and there have been a number of movies since then that have take place uh, taking place in Los Angeles. And I find myself thinking, like, oh, what would this guy have done with like Crash? Right. Aside yeah. from torn into it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also a very humorous film at times. It is very funny. Yeah, I can't I I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm absolutely going to buy it when it comes out. So okay, that's neither here nor there. What is here? what is here? Jesus. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> This episode is brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. This week discussing, not, I, I never quite knew the uh, pronunciation, Leos Carex. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who directed Holy Motors. They're talking about Holy Motors. Uh, as well as David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis. They talk about narrative, uh, narrative as a series of vignettes, the relationship between character and the economy, drifting into the abstract, indecipherable dialogue, metaphorical masks. They talk about a lot of stuff. In limousines, I would imagine. Well, now this is ruined. Oh, okay. So jump into your limo. I wrote that. <laughs> so jump into your limo, plug in your iPod, and listen to the Double Feature podcast. You can go to doublefeatureshow.com or click on the ad at battleshippretension.com. I remember crazy old uh, Armand White when... Uh, Do you know who Armand White is? Um, He's a film critic. Mm-mm. I don't know anybody's name because I smoke okay. pot. Fair enough. And I, you'll see later down the, the thing, I'll start losing all my facts. You got Emily Mortimer. We're, we're good. I'm not yeah. high now. Oh, okay. I just am living with but the residual effects of if you got being it. high at certain points in my um, life. I would definitely recommend go, when you get home and have some time, look up reviews written by Armand White. It they're, will be a lot of They're fun. a delight. He's more of a, pro, he's a film critic slash provocateur. I oh, he just shits on everybody? Yeah. And he, in, in poetic ways? No. But I don't know. Is he has an interesting does style Does he have a flourish? Uh, look at his Rotten Tomatoes. Like, you know, you can look at my... What paper does he write for? Uh, what is it called now? Um, I paper. Can't it's a New what, York what, thing. It's a New York. What paper does he write for? <laughs> uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, I, don't, I can't remember either. But if you go, look like, up. if you look at someone like Rotten Tomatoes history, you can see whether they rated a movie uh, fresh or rotten or whatever, and next to what the average is, he's is almost always the opposite. Whatever everyone loved, he hated. Whatever everyone hated, he yeah. loves. He loves the Transformers movies yeah. and all this. Like, he does crap and like yeah. stuff that like. What was like band slam? Like movies that no one remembers. Yeah, he's <laughs> like he's big. he's just a contrarian. Yeah, and it's the best kind of. Yeah, it's a lot and, of fun. And at the uh, at the end of every year, he'll do he'll make a list of see this, not that. And so yeah, what he doesn't he'll, do his best of the year. He does his better than better than. That's year. what it is. So yes. he'll he'll take all the movies that everyone else is putting on their top ten and say which movie that everyone else dismissed is better than that movie. And so, are the justifications ever logical? They yeah. have a logic to them, and to a certain and that's extent, why he's we so defend. To a certain extent, we defend them because there is um, a coherence to his yeah. point of view. And so that's why I find. I it just, so fascinating. I do get the impression that he. I think he plays it up 
for I'm it. sure because if he could, if he was legitimately crazy and just being like, no, I like this because the dinosaurs in it, but they're robots and they throw up metal. Like you'd be like, oh well, this guy is. Well, clearly you know what he talks like. You oh, like that, Jiminy Glick. Yeah, he was. He made. He came up on the Borscht Belt. Um, but uh, anybody who defends Transformers, uh, watch out! God bless them. They're they got some. They they want to live their lives how they want to live them. You know. And you can't do anything about it. Did you see the new... I haven't seen yeah. any Transformers movies. You saw the new one? Uh-huh. Okay, so... I saw it, but I had to walk out because okay. I was late for something, and I thought I had budgeted enough time. I went into the movie at 4.15, and I had to be somewhere at 7.45. Okay. And with the previews... <laughs> right. And the movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to be late. But is there? Is it true that there's a scene where there is... The the girl's older boyfriend carries around a copy of Texas's statutory rape Romeo laws. Romeo and Juliet root law. In, yeah, in, there's in, an entire his, scene where they talk well, about statutory rape <laughs> and why this relationship isn't statutory rape. That's not even the craziest thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> so here's a, okay. First of all, we're both at a loss. Here we go. Ready? I heard about this this morning, and Marky I Marky Mark, which is the only name I will ever call him. Fair enough. He. Is from Texas. Problem one. Because <laughs> he Won't still it? talks like Marky Mark? Yeah, he's like, oh, can you feel it, baby? And you're like, well, you're not in the cornfields. Full Boston accent. Okay? Uh-huh. Texas. Yeah. Then in comes his best friend, surfer guy. Why can't I think of his name? He's on, uh, he's on, here we go. Here we go. Curly hair, stand up. He's on the HBO show. TJ Miller. Yep, there you go. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be the new game. It's called How Fast Can You Understand What I'm Saying? <laughs> TJ Miller comes in as, as his best friend from high school, driving a mini with a surfboard on top. They're in Texas and they're like in the panhandle, which is landlocked. Also, so I don't Mark know where he's... like 10 years older than TJ Miller, right? Oh, it's crazy. They went to high school together. It's crazy. Yeah, but Mark, I, I would venture to say that. Marky Mark looks pretty good for his age, and T.J. Miller, one could say, doesn't. They're they're catching up in different ways. Yeah, he, yeah. And Marky Mark's <laughs> exercising, and T.J. Miller's doing whatever. Drugs. Yeah, yeah. He has a hot daughter, and he won't stop talking about how short her shorts are. While um, Ding Dong, uh, what's his name, uh, jerk off director, what is his name? Michael Bay. Michael Bay is shooting the scene from behind her butt. So, like, the left side of the screen is her butt, and Marky Mark's like, I wish you wouldn't wear those shorts so short. That's my, not even close. <laughs> I feel that like you just walked in the room. literally <laughs> Marlon Brando. And, um, and then he finds out that she's dating this older guy who's Irish. Please, I can't even. Why is he there? What why is, is this he weird Model UN of... Uh... Oh, it's a fucking <laughs> melting pot. Tyler, Texas, the melting pot. and Tyler, Texas, in Smith County. Yeah. His name's Tyler Smith. That's what There you go. That's absolutely right. Um, <laughs> it's what happens when I Google my name. <laughs> you find out facts about Texas. Yeah. Oh, speaking on on a pause for a second. I found out because I have a Google alert for my own name, as mm-hmm. everyone should. Of course. Uh, I found out this morning that just yesterday, a David Bax in Bedford, Michigan, was arrested for arson for burning down the old mill. <laughs> Did they literally say the old mill? Uh, yeah, they, they didn't put like extra O's in it like I do, but they literally said the old mill. Well, you got to catch up. Yeah. We got to find you a mill out here. <laughs> Tip okay, for tat. So. Okay, look, this is not really worth talking about, but the movie is so ridiculous at every turn. And then the fact that 
Marky Mark is introduced to his girlfriend's boyfriend, who she's not supposed to be dating anybody because her mother died. That's the justification. Right, makes sense. And then he's like, wait, you're dating my daughter? And then she's like, daddy, I'm 17. And then the boyfriend's like, he's like, how old are you? And he's like, 20. And then he goes, that's basically, he's like, that's statutory rape. And he's like, no, it's Romeo and Juliet laws because we dated when I was underage. Which makes her like fourteen, right? But they but he has it in his wallet. Like he produces the proof. Produces it. It's a full scene. It is a scene that starts some. They go to Kelsey Grammer as the antagonist. Done with that. I like that. Then they go to a fucking statutory rape justification, and then they go back to Kelsey Grammer, and then they go to like Overlord Transformer, who no one knows who the fuck this guy is. He works on a spaceship. He looks like the Predator. How old is his girlfriend? <laughs> oh, I think that, I think everyone on that ship might be gay because it's just him and a bunch of wolves. So basically, Michael Bay, for the first time in his entire career, decides he wants to have a dialogue scene. And that's the one he decides to go <laughs> the with. The first 15 minutes are supposed to be funny. They're doing comedy. And it's like I wanted to, there to be like a wah, wah, because it was the timing was so it was so. Well, I, I say that I haven't seen any of the Transformers movies, but that's not true. I watched the first 40 minutes, 45 minutes of the first one, and I turned it off because of the quote-unquote comedy. Like, the part when... John is pretty good in that one. Uh, I don't think I even got to where he's in it. Okay, um, fair enough. The part where Josh Duhamel is trying to get a hold of his, like, naval base or aircraft carrier or whatever, and he gets patched through to technical support, and it's an Indian guy, and yeah. all the jokes are about the fact that he's Indian. That was about when I was like, I don't think I can do this. And I never, I don't ever shut off movies. And it's like, my, how, what does Michael Bay think about people who pan his movies? He's basically like, fuck everyone. I'm making all this money. That I'm is, wrapping my dick in $100 bills. Now, are you actually referencing the interview he gave recently? <laughs> because he didn't quite say it like that. He, bid, he did basically say, people are going to complain, but they're going to pay to see it anyway, so I don't care. Yeah. Which, that was and, my know, that was thing. my translation. Yeah, and to fuck his, you guys. I'm wrapping my dick into bills. <laughs> <laughs> but to his credit, he's right. Like, sure. He, to my knowledge, nobody I know. Well, certainly nobody I know. I don't know anybody that voted for Richard Nixon. I try to be like uh, Pauline Kael. Right. But um, but just in general, I don't know of a lot of people that are predisposed to liking Transformers that actually liked the fourth one. But everyone went to see it. It made tons of money, and it just did it. Yeah. I like watching Transformers. I like watching the shit turn into other shit. But like, the thing is... But I wouldn't have seen it unless I had to. And I... But I get it. It's like, you don't have to think. That movie, you don't have to have one thought. You just have to sit in a chair and eat popcorn and go, uh... I do enjoy popcorn. But here's yeah. the problem with the, the, the transforming alone in what I saw with the first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Transformers are based on toys, right? Agreed. In the toy, you had a, you had a truck... You bent it in certain ways and twisted things, and it turned into a. You, and it turned That's the into, noise it makes. But it turned into a robot, For, like you literally saw it happen. Yeah. In the movies, it's just it's a truck, and then a bunch of crazy shit spins around, and then it, like it it doesn't logistically work, and that is disappointing to me. That hmm. it's essentially like Superman going into the phone booth and spinning around, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's I feel like they might a have robot taken, instead of a. I don't truck. remember the first one, but this one I thought had really impressive changes. Okay. okay. It also has that what big robot I, dinosaur that I like. But Dinobots? Were, yeah, sure. You, okay, also, here's how the Dinobots come into play. Okay. Ready for this? Sure. Bum, bum, bum. The first sec, <laughs> second, the first 
The second movie that I watched in the first in the whole movie because there's two movies. Okay. One for America, country bred America, and the second one for China. Oh yeah. It's because they go to China. Mm-hmm. They fly to China on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Not not a joke. And <laughs> they in- learn about the statutory rape laws. That's in China. <laughs> oh oh boy, yeah. You don't even want to know. <laughs> Optimus Prime is like. We need help. And so he's like, I know where to go. And he just goes to the forest and calls the Dinobots. Not on a phone, but like, I don't remember. He's just like, Dinobots! And they come out and they're just like screaming dinosaur metallic roars. And he's like, you will fight with us or you will fight against us. That's not how he talks. But... They were just already in the forest. Yeah, it seems to me. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they're. I don't know why they're in China. I don't know why they're in the forest of China. I don't know why they're. I don't. I don't know. And nobody cared to give two fucks when they were filming the movie. So he's like, they're like, in their dinosaur voice. My translation is, "Fuck you, dude. We were fucking busy." And then they <laughs> fight each other, and Optimus Prime. Uh, pins one of these Dinobots down and puts a sword to his neck. But I was like, bitch, he's a dinosaur made out of metal. There's no jugular there. (laughs) How are you going to kill this bitch? Yeah, the thing that gets me is that idea of, you know, Dinobots come out here, you're either going to fight with us or against us. Like, they were, I'm pretty sure, again, I haven't seen the film, Sounds to me like they were just hanging out in the woods. They weren't really a part of this, and they then were you drag them out here. Playing poker, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's a neat painting. Um, it was amazing. So this this brings me to something. Oh, you don't want to talk about Transformers the whole podcast? No, but <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, well, I want to talk about Edge of Tomorrow at some point. We will in a moment. But I have something to say first. All right, what do you got? It's about earbuds. Oh, yes, indeed. We're paying, paying more bills here. <laughs> um, uh, if you don't have tweaked audio earbuds, you don't know what you're missing. They're professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. And when I say style, I mean stylish. When I say color, I mean colorful. And you yeah. can get them at tweaked audio, T-W-E-A-K-E-D audio.com. They're super cheap, they're super affordable, and they're super good quality. We stand by them. And if, you listen, if you've listened this far, you win the prize. You go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. You get all that for one-third off. And no shipping charges. That's thirty three point three three percent. That's exactly what it is. Thirty three point three repeating. Right. Uh, that's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Okay. What were you going to say? Going back real quick to your your tweaked ad. Uh, I like that you you win the prize. I'm a big fan of that. That's new. You just said that this time. Uh, if look. you've listened this far, you get the prize, <laughs> and that prize is that promo code. Okay, I'm nice. glad that you approve. I'm I, very excited. I was, just, I was just in the moment. I, I, I know you just you and you were present in the moment. Uh, what I was going to say is that um, Aaron, before you uh, arrived, David and I were talking about uh, uh, this year, and he had seen a number of comedies, and he said this was a wonderful year for comedy. And one thing that I was thinking was, uh, I feel like by and large, with a couple of it sounds like notable exceptions, like Transformers and Amazing Spider-Man too. Uh, this has been a pretty good year for blockbusters, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got Captain America, which I liked a lot. Didn't see um, you've, get, you've got uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I just saw. Didn't see Edge of Tomorrow, which like is... This. But that didn't do that well, did it? It, it didn't, didn't do very well. I just mean as far as quality. There are it was some so years... good. It bummed me out that people weren't watching it. But it's kind of, it didn't do that well initially, but I, I keep hearing more buzz? people. And it, it almost never happens. Uh, but 
as some movies fall off within a within a week, Edge of Tomorrow came out a solid month ago, and it's still hanging on in a lot of theaters. So I, think I it's hope so that good. It, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I hate everything. Okay. And I don't mean that like I mean I just am very skeptical about stuff and like I want it to be good because I love movies and I want to be transported. Mm-hmm. I want to drop my um reality and I want to be sucked into this stuff and that movie did it and and it was great cuz there's a there's a heroine and she's badass and that was a, that was the first time in a long time I had like somebody to identify with mm-hmm. in that way cuz I you know Shoot guns. No, that's not why. I mean, just like in a movie, you want to like put yourself in the shoe of. Oh, sure. Or the heels. Oh. Uh, I, <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because that little shit eating grin you just put on your face right after that was uh, so really, gross. you know. No, I think it's a great year for movies. I think. Have you guys seen Obvious Child? Uh, yes, he did. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I was talking about how great this year has been for comedies thus far in my. Top three examples. I mentioned 21, 22 Jump Street. Uh, they Came Together. David Wayne's movie is fantastic. Oh. Uh, you're not a fan? I, I, mm, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my honest opinion of that is that it was because I am a legitimate fan of 90s rom-coms. Okay. And he was just, he was kind of shitting on movies that I like. I like See, you I don't got mail. He was shit. I mean, he was obviously pointing out the things that happened, but I don't think you make a movie like They Came Together without having... Uh, a certain level of affection for those type of movies. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think, I think there's. Yeah, he's definitely pointing out the things that happen in these movies. I shouldn't but, say anything because I didn't finish it. So no. I mean, like I should watch minutes. the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm busy with. Uh, I watched uh, Tropic Thunder. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Twenty Two Jump Street, they came together, and Obvious Child are all fantastic comedies. Yeah. Also, um, Happy Christmas, Joe Swanberg's new movie. Oh, uh, is I don't really know about good. that. Um, and I liked Chef, the John Favreau. Oh, I heard movie. that was good, and I didn't yeah. get to see it. It's yeah. cute. Yeah, that's I what say. I've heard. Uh, but yeah, all good comedies. So yeah, Obvious Child, definitely recommend. It's uh, way up there, way up the list. Yeah, the first comedy about an actual abortion. Yeah. You heard it, they, they, were, it was banned. They don't banned. say shmushmortion or yeah. whatever, like in fucking Knocked Up. And I like Knocked Up, but that always drove me fucking crazy that they can't even say the word abortion in that movie. It does seem strange It me, drives me nuts every time I watch it. And I they like made the movie. it funny. I feel like they got a note from the network. They were like, you can't say abortion. It's going to be weird. And then they were like, okay, we're going to say shmushmortion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not only is Obvious Child a movie where they say abortion, she has an abortion and she's not doing a lot of fucking like... Uh, it's it's she makes it she makes the decision and sticks with it and it's about that yeah uh it, it's, i can't wait to see it i'm so excited and, and a tight a, 85 minutes yeah uh and it's also it's also really can, funny do you think you can handle it yeah, yeah. all right it, you know i just need there to be i need there to be some heart pretty early in or i th- i think i just lose my my attention just is gone and i don't know why um they came together was felt so different to me than um well, if you're looking for heart, I don't Wet, know. Wet Hot American Summer. They came together as, I think, uh, a very cerebral movie because it. Uh, I know, but it's about, rom- sort of it's about romance. But it's not. It's it, see, it, this is why I, this is why I think I had a problem with it because I was like, no, these people have to love each other. I can't yeah. feel like there are two people doing jokes next to each <laughs> to other. To me, well, they, they came together as more a movie about filmmaking and storytelling and deconstructing or, or, or whatever those sort of things than it is about any actual yeah but why not write emotion? like something that it just didn't feel like wet hot american summer didn't feel like it was a directly ripping like a directly taking like 
things from other movies, and yeah. and they came together. Did like very much. They did the whole Philip Seymour Hoffman um, bit from Along Came Polly. I never saw Along Came Polly. Well, I know the only thing I know is when he walks in and falls down because it's that's pretty all over YouTube. It's great. Uh, I mean, but he I, plays a, a an ex eighties actor who like has a has a drug problem and like is kind of a fuck up. And then that's just um, I forget whose character it is, but. He, they're playing basketball and he goes, nothing but net. I remember when, when yeah. they were doing that and I was like, well, you're already making fun of a character that's already a joke. Yeah. But the joke that, is, look, that is true. I don't know. The joke in the basketball scene, yes, they miss every shot and say swish every time they yep. shoot, which is hilarious. And also, uh, my favorite part is when Jack McBrayer is talking, holding the basketball and Keenan Thompson and Ken Marino are still running around yeah, and they're playing basketball. There's a lot of great jokes in it. <laughs> I I just I'm like a sucker for romance and even if you're going to make fun of it I just feel like it has to have a little bit of you know sincerity to it. Okay. Well, that's, well, you that's, love obvious child then. That's the thing with Yeah, uh, that's my jam. With parody. abortion movies? This is my jam. No. Do you see Lake of Fire? Lake no, of Fire? Not a comedy. I didn't Oh yeah, okay, no it isn't. No. Uh, I didn't see it. It's like this three the guy who made um american history x oh he, uh-uh okay it's a documentary but, I, <laughs> I don't mean, know why I said american that. Hi- history <laughs> x disturbed me it is the only movie that i i now i gotta talk about it but okay the curb scene it's pretty yeah. rough i have anxiety memories about it before i fall asleep i'll be like oh i'm so tired this is gonna be so nice american history x he puts his fucking face on the curb and he smashes his jaw open yeah while i'm awake that how old is that movie the 90s 98 i i still think about it yeah uh it's it's not a thing i think about a lot but, but when i do think about it i have this very specific not that the camera zooms in and focuses on this but i have this thought of like oh imagine you're like your Mm-mm. teeth Mm-mm. on the concrete. Mm-mm. Oh my yeah. gosh, so terrible. Is it called been, curb biting? I think it's just called curbing. Mm-mm. I don't curb know why they have a name curb for stomping? it. Curb stomping? I don't Mm-mm. know. I've heard that. But I, it's been replaced by the part in the final season of The Sopranos when Tony does it, not on someone, not on a curb, but on that giant uh, planter. Like there's a big plant in I the can't, restaurant. Guys, why the fuck would anybody do that to another human being? I just. Well, they're monsters. Well, <laughs> they're, uh, they're bad people. Tony Soprano did it to the guy because the guy insinuated that Tony was having an incestuous relationship with his daughter. So to me, that was worthwhile knocking that guy's teeth in. You're making a lot of sense, David. <laughs> and then later he's at the doctor with mm-hmm. AJ and he looks down and there's a tooth in the cuff of his pants. You guys don't remember this part from The Sopranos? I never I watched The Sopranos. Oh, you're missing out. Because I don't like violence. Yeah, it might, oh, okay, then, might not be yeah. for you then. But you liked Edge of Tomorrow. That, I just I just want to get back into the thing. Yes, to talk but, about. I mean that was one of the reasons I did like it is because it was violent. But when you but the death wasn't the difference is how much blood you see. Okay, that's oh, like sure. my my marker, right? Yeah. So if I'm seeing blood and people's like eyeballs coming out and stuff, I'm like, Mm-mm. but if I see someone in the distance getting shot and falling over, that doesn't affect me right. as much. And because I didn't think Edge of Tomorrow was about that war as much as it was about th- their relationship, which is just. Basically, a friendship, mm-hmm. and this this like thing that keeps happening to him, and the science fiction around it. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to, we don't need to see guts 
going all over there the is, place because it's, it's a side note. The first time he dies, it is kind of gross because his like face melts in. Yeah. Oh, it's right. I forgot about but that. But after that, yeah, it's pretty. It's almost and a lot of what times it's played for comedy when he gets hit by the jeep. That's yeah. funny. So funny. The movie <laughs> made me legitimately laugh. So. Oh yeah. And, and I was like, okay, I see the comparisons to Groundhog's Day. Like I like there's that one scene where he's like. Oh, fellas, okay, we're going to do this again. And he, like, punches him. You know, that's very reminiscent of the uh-huh. of the Phil, the insurance guy mm-hmm. scene, right, you know? Yeah. But I didn't care. Yeah. I thought that was funny, you know? I, I thought the, the editing was brilliant because, first, one thing that, that I really like is that it's constantly shifting perspectives. Anytime we're seeing something again, it's from Tom Cruise's perspective. Anytime we're seeing something... New. And we think it's the first time, but then, like, when he's talking to the general at the end, and I don't want to... Yeah, let's, well, let's just say we're spoiling okay. So when he's talking to the general at the end, to me, I just feel like, oh, boy, how exciting. They haven't made it this far. But then he says, like, I'm going to say this, and you never believe me. Like, yeah. oh, so this has happened a, a number of times. Mm-hmm. And so that constantly shifting perspective is, to me, sometimes I would find it problematic. But in this case, I found it invigorating. Is what kept it from being boring. But um, did you think... Or, or repetitive. And I, I agree. I, I like the movie, but did you, did you think once it got to the third act and that that uh, premise or whatever, that, that conceit was off the table, did you find yourself losing interest a little? A little. Because huh. when it sort of yeah. became sort of a standard sci-fi action movie yeah. in the last... There were at least stakes because mm-hmm. they can always do a do-over and now the do-over isn't there. Right. And so you think, okay, anything that happens now is the last think, time. But did you ever think, like, he wasn't going to make it for a second? I, I, well, he did... Well, whatever. I mean, I was going to say like, but yeah, he did succeed. Yeah. And that's, but that's what I I thought that that they shouldn't have left. I think they shouldn't, they should have left it at the very end of the movie and they shouldn't have gone back and been like, everything's fine and happy. But I don't think uh, Warner Brothers ever would be very happy with that. And be brave and people would be like, whoa, it'd be like a punch in the gut, you know? And I think it, I think it handled that really well. If it's going to do it, I like the way it did it. Which was just ending with him kind of chuckling and just and it's all promise and hope and that kind of thing and he's changed he actually has had an arc and I and I he's, like that it's a the lot. first movie I've seen him where he's so unlikable at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Hang on now, there's yeah. got to be other ones. I mean, he's not very likable. Magnolia, Rain Man. He's not very likable in Rain Man. Okay, he's pretty selfish in that. He's not likable in uh, The Color of Money, but he and he never becomes likable. But when is film. he? When is he unlikable in a way that's like kind of? dumb and silly and like he's always unlikable but he's always confident right and in this one he's legitimate he's a legitimate coward yeah yeah yeah. and and just smarmy and yeah but yeah it's and weaselly yeah that first scene with with him and the general is a really interesting one because i found myself thinking oh boy this is this is my lead character and I, I like in my blockbusters, I tend to like the the heroes to be heroic and less like me, uh, because that would absolutely be me trying my best to talk my way to out, out of, of, of battle. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so and uh, and one thing what, at some point we will we'll have Amy Nicholson back on to talk about Tom Cruise, who is, of course, regardless of what people might think of him personally. And though he's not nearly as bankable as he used to be, he is, I think, a great actor who oh, can I think be he's count- fantastic. Who can be counted on to deliver every time, no yeah. matter what the part. I didn't even I didn't see Rock of Ages. I heard it was terrible, but yeah. that he's wonderful. Yeah, he he commits. I mean, let's be, I saw as I mentioned, I saw um, uh, Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. and I forgot he was in it. And then I was like, oh my god, 
He's fan. I forgot how fantastic he is in this. He's such a fucking asshole in that. That that actually as a cartoon, he's a cartoon asshole. No, no question about it. And I enjoy it. It's a weird thing that his his, his the casting of Tom Cruise in that part always bothers me because the character's legitimately funny and he's doing great. But by making him up the way they did, now I feel like they diffuse the laughs. Oh, by having you... me think, wow, it's Tom Cruise. And he's all made up. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they gave that part to somebody like a... James Gandolfini? James Gandolfini or like a Danny DeVito or Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoffman or a Paul Giamatti. Uh, and I feel like the the character would still be hilarious, genuinely, instead of uh, this little bit of stunt casting. But that's not Tom Cruise's fault. He, he commits to it 100%. He nails it. And, I mean, I'm reading Going Clear right now. Yeah. It's, do you know about this book? Oh, yeah, I know about it. Have you read it? No, I have not. Have you? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. And I just, like, it's just blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. L. Ron Hubbard, everything, whatever. He was like a wife-beating, narcissist, delusional, basically schizophrenic. And he started a cult. What and if that's I was like, Tim- right now, what if I was like, I'm a Scientologist? <laughs> <laughs> then I would, I would probably apologize. <laughs> that's what I would do. I do. I, I have met uh, a couple of Scientologists who are remarkably nice people. And, uh, of course. And I, and I almost, my friends and I almost, uh, in their presence, like, veered down that way. And then I thought, you know, I seem to recall, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm going to nix this right now. And, uh, and I was very happy I did. Because I didn't want to insult them. But, I th- but I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh, man. It just bums me out about Tom Cruise all over again. And Beck. And Beck. Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. And other people. Leah Romini got out, right? Did mm-hmm. she? Good yeah. for her. I like yeah. her. Yeah, I like her too. You know, David. <laughs> what? The first time I ever uh, was aware of Leah Romini, she did a voice in a little video game called Gabriel Knight, The Sins of the Fathers. Oh, and you were just that on was, the podcast. That was before... Are you making a segue into something I don't know about? He was no, going to plug his appearance on a podcast where he talked about Gabriel Knight. It's also a, a video game that I talk about constantly, right. and it's more for uh, my friends who happen to listen and be like, oh, man, he's talking about Gabriel Knight again. But yeah, that's kind of where she... Uh, because well, she was like, also in Saved by the yeah, Bell of the College years. Like most people our age... I think I was first introduced to her by Saved by the Bell. I did not watch Saved by the Bell, so I was familiar well, with uh, this video we game. We know where your priorities lie. <laughs> yeah, and what am I going to... I'm not going to make fun of you for watching Saved by the Bell. I'm like, I'm, I'll be playing my computer game. Yeah, no, everyone loses in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the listener. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, you have and, thoughts, okay. And we will, we will uh, get back to Edge of Tomorrow, but I did want to make a, uh, another point. Godzilla... Didn't see the it. new X-Men movie? Didn't see it. Oh, I loved it! Yeah. It's a good year for blockbusters. Transformers and Amazing Spider-Man 2 aside, Godzilla, not as great as I By the way, I, I didn't hate Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I love those two, and I think they're great together, and I think they're adorable. I do like I do like them. Uh, the The movie around them is yeah. not good, although I do like Dane DeHaan as an actor, but I feel like they screw him up in the last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't dislike it as much as, as... I liked it more than the first one. Yeah, that's not saying a whole lot. They're adorable. I, I, I was just like, well, I'll give it a pass because they're so adorable. I said yeah. adorable twice, right? They, they are adorable. I can't argue with that. But it's just, it's, it's strange uh, that you just got really good directors being given pretty good material and actually given it would appear something of a free hand by the studio to make it the way they're going to. And again, a girlfriend who's like, hey man, I'm leaving. I got my own shit happening. Yeah. 
And I don't think you would see that in other, I don't know. I just think that, I think female roles are getting just way better and way more like realistic. Even though the movie wasn't good, I thought her, I thought her part was, was well, well written for her. It was well written and she plays it well. She's a very strong comedic actress. Uh, I like her a lot. And has she done, what kind of drama has she done? The movie we're talking about right now? We're talking about... (laughs) <laughs> I turned the tune out because hey, I don't watch. I don't watch any of these. I don't watch a lot of big. Like, you look a little sleepy eyed too. By the I way, I was going to say run down the list of like major studio releases I've seen this year. I mentioned Twenty Two Jump Street and Edge of Tomorrow. I like those. Robocop stunk. Yeah, no, thank you. It did. Uh, Draft Day stunk. Divergent laughably bad. Oh, uh, the fact. Here's where I'm going to get irate about this. Watch out. The fact that the fucking antagonist name are Eric and Janine. <laughs> Wait, it, those are the bad guys in Divergent. Okay, I don't even remember that. Is Eric uh-huh. and Janine? Eric is the guy who looks like Macklemore. <laughs> I don't know what Macklemore looks like. Eric is the guy who has like side shaves and like the oh, faux right, right, hawk, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Jay Courtney, yeah, is the actor. Janine is um, what's her name? Rose from Titanic. Here we go. Oh, oh right, 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 Kate Winslet. Yeah. yeah, Kate Winslet is Janine. Okay, Eric and Janine. I don't are the enemies. Is, Two people named Eric and Janine. Okay, so you, so your issue is is just how mundane those names are. I'm not afraid of anyone named Eric or Janine ever. You want they both sound like accountants. You want some like Game of Thrones names? You yeah. What about Cersei's and Tywin? Or like yeah, a, a, Javelin. Like a, or like a Javelin. Like a Seneca Crane. Discus. Yeah. Ah. Hunger Games. Are you a fan of Hunger Games? From Haven't a seen standpoint? one of them. Oh my gosh. Good. You would love I'm them. scared because it might be too sad for me. That's my th- fear with it. Well, okay, yeah. There's some of that. Yeah. It's uh, really good, though. I, yeah. And I, this is coming from the guy I who know, doesn't I go to... see the blockbuster movies, the Hunger Games. Yeah. The second one's solid. Them. I like yeah. it a lot. Seen a lot of the Twilight movies. But yeah, to answer your question, that Robocop remake stunk. Oh, I'm, I'm real bummed because I liked the first one because I watched it when I was a child. And yeah. it's a great movie. It is it's good. A, it's a wonderful film. It's, when's the last time you watched it? Uh, probably like 25 years ago. I think maybe your sensitivity to gore might, uh, might kick in around minute, I don't know, two. I think this is why I don't like gore because I, my parents let me watch whatever I wanted. And I watched a lot of adult stuff as a kid. Like on cinematics and stuff. stuff, You mean like, um, (laughs) like hardcore? Yeah. Like violent, very violent. (laughs) Like carnal knowledge. That's not violent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, but I was legitimately thinking, did my parents let me watch it? My, pa- I remember being four and watching Terms of Endearment. Oh yeah. And my That's... mom was like crying, and I was like, why are you crying? She's like, my sister died of cancer, and I was like, what's cancer? And, I was like, <laughs> and then I started crying. I don't know why. Yeah. My parents were super protective about this. Oh, my mom was. My Good. Dad, you should be. My dad was like, if he'd seen the movie, and he thought I could handle it. Like I saw Die Hard pretty young. Um, I got scared in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I was too young for Ghostbusters. But then I had a friend who had the parents who would like take him to see Terminator 2 when he's in third grade or whatever. And so if he'd have, have a sleepover, they'd rent. Like I remember watching Total Recall when I was, I mean, that wow. came, I was like eight, uh, maybe nine when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, watching it. Isn't there at f- my friend's sleepover with the dad there? Like he knew we were watching it, no. and his at, like Total Recall's movie where people like get their arms ripped off and like it's horribly gory. You know, yeah. it, right from the very beginning when he wakes up in the chair and like stabs oh, yeah. people through the face with like the chair or whatever, he made sure to fast forward through the alien with the three breasts. Yeah. To me, to him, but the violence was, was okay. Yes, that was the only thing that he was like, all right, typical kids, Americans. Turn, yeah, 
Uh, no nipples, but we're going to watch this guy. He did just well, certainly. So we just saw it for a shorter amount of time. That's all it was. Well, certainly not three nipples. <laughs> I, no. like, I like nipples to come in pairs. Yeah. My mom let me watch Children of the Corn. Oh, man. For my, ni- for my ninth birthday. The next year we moved to Kentucky, and our neighbor's mom wouldn't let us watch Grease. They were like, did really they know it was the word? Super, yeah. huh? Yeah, they didn't okay. know. But I had seen Children of the Corn, and I was like, why is this bitch not letting us watch a dumb movie that doesn't have any um, people sickling each other? There's a. Is there, there sickling in Children of the Corn? I don't remember. It's been Someone a long gets time. a sickle. Pro- right? It stands to reason that yeah. yes, that would happen. I remember I would, because um, my, my mom was so strict. That I would, you know, watch movies at friends' houses without telling her. But then, if a friend wanted to watch a movie that I didn't want to watch, I would say like, "I gotta ask my mom." <laughs> so I know, like, my, my friend was like, "Do you want to watch The Bodyguard?" And I was like, 10 years old," and I was like, "Let me ask my mom if I can watch The Bodyguard." And she was like, "No, but thank you for asking." The Bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin Costner's in it. Don't like you. You got there's like a manly, protective. There's another movie like. Winnie Houston does not need you to protect her. <laughs> I she's, never saw it. Oh, you didn't? I, I still never. I, she kind of does. Your mom only. You still haven't seen The Bodyguard? Yeah. Uh, you, should oh, get, you should do drugs and watch The Bodyguard. <laughs> That's a good idea. What other movies should uh, I get impaired for? Oh. Well, I mean, every I'm, movie yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get high before I go to see anything. I, like, I was blitzed high when I saw Earth to Echo. <laughs> you saw that? And of course, here's what's not good. Being high in a movie theater as a single woman in a children's movie. (laughs) Fully on drugs. And going like, what? No. I was that guy you hate. Oh, boy. And and I would also go. (laughs) But I always sit in the back because I know I do it. But I don't do it to good movies. I I am speechless now. They had it. Well, have you seen it? Uh, No. They they integrate Google Maps. Okay. They show where they're going on a Google Map with okay. a little like teardrop, point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pen. It's probably not the most recent version. Otherwise, they wouldn't know where the hell they were going. I hate Booyaka Shaw. They didn't use Waze, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I have no problems with Google Maps. So thank you. Then, but, I, yeah, they can go you know, it's shot like all like found or like GoPro style or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> here's what the best, here's the best moment. This all is right. the moment where I really lost my shit. They had a YouTube on the full screen, full screen, no like YouTube page around it. Full picture, YouTube timeline bar at the bottom <laughs> where they've been. Let's skip forward to this. Let's skip through this. And it goes, but it's the white, it's the, the right, red right. thing with the white. And I was like, we can't do this. <laughs> I don't want to come and watch YouTube on a movie screen. <laughs> This is fucked up, and I felt. Like I've seen some movies. There are some movies that I'm like, I, I, if they were to skip to YouTube instead of finishing <laughs> this movie, I'd be okay with it. There's some good stuff on YouTube. It bummed me out that kids were into it, and like, it didn't do that well, did it? No, it did not. Yeah, I don't want kids watching it. It's not. It's no fucking ET. They were like, it's like ET and Stand by Me. Mm-mm. No, you don't get to do that. You don't get to say that about yourself. Man, when is that? When is this freaking found footage thing gonna be over? It's not. It's just going to get worse because people are making money off of doing vines and like doing yeah. YouTube's and doing YouTube's. Wow! Hi, I'm an 85 years old. <laughs> there, uh, Blair Witch was really good. I like that. Well, 
That's interesting that you should bring that up because okay. if that was something that happened in the 90s mm-hmm. and that really didn't catch on, well, Cloverfield was kind of shot like that, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, it was. But that was, that was 2007. Almost 10, almost 10 years. Was it? That was 2007. How do you know that? Blair Witch. Oh, I feel like it was I don't Because I don't smoke pot. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Cloverfield came out at the beginning of 08. But, uh, I, I wasn't trying to be like a jerk about that, by the way. Well, you just, were spot on. I was just I saying, mean, like, no. if, that is, if that is our template for mem- no. remembering things or not. I know why I can't. The only time I get like a full memory back is when I've done like uh, yoga three days in a row because <laughs> it. This is not interesting. It's interesting to me. Because it, look at my body language. It like brings oxygen back to my brain hmm. in a way that I can't get with just existing in day to day life. And do you like uh, this? Is a this is a, I don't I never know if this actually applies to the situation I'm talking about. But I love the idea of like sweating toxins out. Yeah, but that's not. Real. I don't think that has to do with my memory, but it makes me feel good. But yeah. toxins aren't a real thing. They're just something that. There's, it's a word people use to sell health care products. There's, and, well, yeah, let I me don't tell do you one thing, though. It, but it sounds neat. This might change your mind. Maybe. Watch out. Oh, God. Adina Menzel. No. Adele Dazeem. Yep. What's her real name? Adina <laughs> Menzel. You had, you had yeah. it the first time. Adina Menzel. I'm always scared I'm going to do the John Travolta <laughs> pronunciation. So That's she like was, how my, my fiance hates when people say greasy instead of greasy. Oh. But now she hates it so much that it's like she says it. Oh boy! Yep, she's like become it's... she's become the thing she hates. Yeah, exactly. Um, she played Elphaba and Wicked mm-hmm. for a long time. She would go to exercise class the days after performing and sweat green. Okay, because well, I was like, that's in like her if pores. I had a lot to drink the night before, and it's like I don't think it's super like, hot and sunny out. Like my sweat smells like booze. But I don't think it's like your. I don't think it's like your insides literally like pushing stuff out. I think it's just shit that gets caught in your skin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's what toxins. That's what people I are talking about. I think so. I don't think so. When people go on like a juice cleanse, they're just like no, that's internal. That's what I'm saying. That's what people are say, saying. Toxins are like the thing you're talking about. Like a just a good hot shower. No, but she. But that's what I'm saying. It, she didn't like get all the makeup wiped off and then didn't shower for three days and then went you to don't exercise know. class. <laughs> I'm gonna. G- <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess. <laughs> is Adele Zim blogging about her shower <laughs> technique? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to find this article and send it to you. <laughs> okay. Because I want you to know that pores do, you know, hold Oh, garbage. yeah. There's, yeah what, that's, no, that's where I, you get, no, where you get I, zits. Decide, I do believe you, but I don't Dude, think. Dude, it's where you get zits. When people do <laughs> juice cleanses and shit and they talk about All cleansing juice, your body mm, of toxins. Juice cleanses that, are just eating disorders. And toxins, in that sense, are made up. So, yeah, the idea that you have something trapped in your pores, I get that. But the idea that getting a fucking, like, enema or something, like, or a... Like, You'll that, feel better afterwards. But I'm saying that a juice cleanse is a... some sort of internal, like, uh, spiritual enema or whatever um, that gets out toxins. That's not... I don't think those are real. I don't think it is. I mean, I, I get the idea of, like, okay, well, I'm not going to put solid food in my body because... I'm going to just run everything clean, right? Yeah. But a reboot. A reboot. A body but reboot. I cuz I've had a colonic only once and I've and I remember feeling euphoric and very very like, "Huh, okay, but it's not actually good to do cuz you remove all the healthy bacteria in there sometimes." Hmm. Yeah, I saw it on the Penn and Teller show on Showtime. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you did? What did they say about it? Pretty much what you just said. It's yeah. not good. You, you had to watch that it. show with a grain of salt. I don't know if you watched that show. But you should shit. absolutely fast. 
sometimes if you mm-hmm. want to i mean that's what juicing is it's basically like cheating at fasting because why it, should you fast i think it's just to because wow well, i don't have an answer <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't have an answer. I'm just a skeptic. So discipline. I don't. It's I don't have any answers either. I just. I don't know. It's like, things. oh, I don't know enough about cars to make this analogy. But wouldn't? Well, yeah, but, you wouldn't drive your car without fuel. Like, I'm, no, but I'm, you I'm, do I'm gonna, change your oil and you drain the oil, full okay. oil out of your car, and then put fresh oil in. That's true. Boy, That's I true. wish I had not said the word toxin. <laughs> wow. By the way, this is why. Nobody, I mean, everyone just has opinions based on like however they feel. I don't have the facts to back any of this shit up. It's just like, I, if I, I don't, I've never juiced. I've how never you feel based on, and, and, you mean you steroids? Some, yeah. You said juiced. <laughs> Full creatine. <laughs> like A-Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood doping. Yeah. But it's just how you feel based, and then maybe some other article, some, uh, an article you read half of years ago and, and stored away somewhere just in case it ever pops up again. And then being like, oh, I just, I seem to recall someone, I don't remember the name of the author, but they said this. So I feel like I'm on pretty firm ground. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's someone, another doctor out there who's just like going to say the opposite thing. Oh, yeah. You know what the lesson is? Trust your gut. Trust your what? Trust your gut. So if your gut's your saying- gut. Your gut could be filled with toxins. <laughs> if your gut's saying too full, then do a juice cleanse. <laughs> If your gut's saying, hey, more food, then need some food. But not to, we're so off topic, but I, this is, a, I'm really? where are we on? I'm, okay, do we I'm, have a topic? Uh, stepping on Louis C.K.'s bit here, but the mm. idea that it takes your brain 20 minutes to find out that your stomach is full, it's so annoying to me because I come from a big family and I eat fucking fast. Yeah. And it's bad for me because I have eaten. An entire pizza before my stomach has finally let my brain know that I'm full. Have you? Do you know who Mary Roach is? She's a science writer. Wait, did she do uh, the book about cadavers? Yeah, stiff. That's an amazing book. So you should read Gulp. Okay, which is her book about the basically from um, ingesting food to pooping. It's amazing, but she talks about eating fast and like what's in our intestines and like. Um, she breaks down why dog food tastes the way it does and like it's it's, a, it's incredible i i loved it i loved it i read it in like two days i look forward because i love did you read stiff as mm, well that's my that, next one yeah it's really good i lent it to a friend in chicago and she was walking down the street reading it i think which is weird uh tripped and fell and bled all over the book and i was like oh you can keep it she was like yeah i have hepatitis <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story <laughs> but you can't get hepatitis from like touching a book I, can you i don't want a book with blood on it no, whether there's shouldn't. hepatitis in the blood or not yeah. well anyway i don't know how you i don't know how you get to have hepatitis uh better i don't know sorry, i always say yeah i just <laughs> i have a policy against reading blood-soaked literature no you that's a good policy to have <laughs> yeah what are we talking about i don't we're about movies at recall some point? yeah we, we were talking about blockbusters good good year for comedies yeah yeah but um, i don't but i what's coming out that even is the purge anarchy which is going to be terrible but i'm super excited for it what do you like about those movies i i, I hated the first one yeah but um it seems like is kevin bacon in those movies no there's just a dude who looks like kevin bacon on the posters well it's ethan hawk in mm-hmm. the first one, right? Yes. Um, Kevin Bacon uh, could be in the second. No, one. it's Ethan Hawke. But Ethan Hawke, he has like a he has like mystery style goggles okay. on. Mystery well, I'll say from- this, you know, spoilers, I guess. But if the second one takes place in continuity, then Ethan Hawke won't be in it. 
because he didn't. He like, dies. He didn't make it through the first movie. Yeah. Um, he gets purged. Uh, yeah, he got purged. Uh, but here's why I'm at least interested in the purge anarchy. Because the original The Purge takes this crazy idea that, and it takes it seriously too, which is a really bad idea, that uh, One we day pass year. this law where 12 hours a year, every, uh, and, and somehow this works. Like, crime is lower because people, like, get it out of their system. Because Like, I don't think it actually works like that. And you could sell, if this were like a fifth element type of, like, crazy future, you could sell it. But it takes it completely seriously. Which in is modern really, day. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why, and the, the Purge is really bad. It has no sense of humor about itself. And uh, it also takes this premise of like, wow, the whole country is mayhem for 12 hours. And then relegates everything to the inside this one house. It's a standard like, you know, The Strangers or whatever, like home invasion horror movie. And not a very good one. Uh, whereas The Purge Anarchy actually takes place out in the world where all this crazy shit is happening. So even though it's probably not going to be good... I'm really excited to see, uh, at least have a chance to see the Purge movie I thought I was going to see two years ago when I saw the Purge. I, it's, the concept is so dumb to me. It it's is real, so dumb. And and again, it would be kind of okay if this were a satire where they amped everything up and made it a little mm-hmm. ridiculous. They take it just bone dry seriously. It's really Are you going to watch it? Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, that's the thing that, Always got me is it's oh murder you know crime is down because people are getting this out of their system, and I thought I'm pretty sure that for example organized crime I don't think it's all crimes of passion yeah <laughs> I uh, now maybe they hold off on on hit on you know all their hits yeah until the one the twelve hours a year but also, it just even if it weren't like like twelve hours for a whole year it's not like if you're on a diet you have six days of a diet and you have a cheat day you don't have Three hundred and sixty. It should be every Sunday. Is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. You don't have like twelve hours of a ch- like a cheat twelve hours and then back to paleo or whatever. What if one person in the movie gets it wrong and they they go on a juice cleanse <laughs> and they're like, oh wait, I thought this was about purging your body of toxins. <laughs> now, it, wouldn't it be interesting though if the because the purge anarchy it, it might do well. I don't know, but if they made a third one, I feel like well, it would be interesting. Not that they are not that they seem particularly interested in going with the satire but in the third film 12 hours just isn't enough so they start to expand and now it's to full 24 and just this idea of they should call it people, 24 the movie oh! yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just gotta live another day that's the thing um is that the name of the new one yeah yeah, yeah. and so because it's 24 lad and it yeah. takes place in london where people use the word lad i don't know if that's intentional but what oh geez I don't wait like 24 that lad Live Another Day is the new 24, the oh. new like, miniseries they did. I think, it, I think it ended, or is it still going on? I don't know. Anyway, and so the abbreviation is 24 LAD, and it takes place in London, and that's I associate the word LAD with British people. Yep, you're absolutely right. Okay. That I'm happens over there. We're all on the same page. But, so I like, I think it would be neat if they explore that people need, it, establishing a world where people apparently just need to get this out of their system, and so, but that people are so awful that even the 12 hours is enough. They will always want more. And uh, so then they branch, then there's like a purge week or something like that. And they do so like many sequels that eventually gets to where w- there's only there's one. There's one day where you can't kill anybody. 
<laughs> Nailed it. I'm sorry. I, I, I stepped on your Hey, no, it was our joke. Um, you know what I mean? We shared it. Yeah. It was a group effort. Oh, what uh, are, you, are you looking forward to any blockbusters coming mm-mm. up? I don't okay. think so. I don't even know. what I don't, can't even remember what's coming out. I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, because of the director, uh-uh. I'm interested. I'm not interested. Every preview I've seen, I'm like, mm-mm. Hmm. It's got a good cast, and it's directed by James Gunn, which is uh, of interest to me. Yeah. Um, I'll probably watch it, but nothing seemed funny about the... No, nothing made me laugh from the trailers. Not one thing. I haven't seen any trailers, but the footage they showed at Comic-Con last year... It was good? ...was funny. Okay. And it had Peter Serafinowicz in it. Yeah, the, the trailers don't necessarily make me laugh, but it, it is just such a... It seems like such a different emotional tone than a lot of the other superhero movies. Yeah. It's one of the things that I liked about the Iron Man films. They're such a breath of fresh air after the super serious Batman films. Agreed. Um, And this one seems like it's even more that, that it's just as much comedy as action, which I like. I like the idea of. Yeah. I bet it'll be good. I didn't watch the Lego movie for a long time, and then I watched it, and I was like, uh, this is the best. You really... I still haven't seen it. I really want to, because I like those guys. I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and the minute it was over, I forgot everything about it. Yeah, but it's a kid's movie. There are plenty plenty of kid's movies that I remember. I remember The Incredibles quite a bit. Well, that's true. And Finding Nemo, and Kung Fu Panda. You've made your point. This court is adjourned. (laughs) But you know what I do like in the Lego movie? Again, it's a fun movie. Um, I did download that song, which, by the way, everything the, is awesome. Yeah, Tegan and Sarah. Oh yes, and so, and of course, that song is meant to be like the opiate of the masses in the world of the Lego Movie. It's it's sort of the sort of the national anthem that like everything is awesome when you're everything is cool when you're part of a team, and of course, the tyrannical ruler is banking on everyone just being happy and content so that he can do whatever it is he wants. Mm-hmm. And there's a little a little moment because, uh, who is it, the Lonely Island mm-hmm. guys? They they contribute some lyrics in there. And one of them is uh, Andy Samberg saying something like, I lost my job, but that's okay because it gives me time to hang, to be with my community. <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty, it's, I like that. I like everything setting up like this weird dystopian thing in a Lego movie. I loved it. I, I like that. I thought they did. I thought it was smart and I thought they handled everything really well. And I thought, I don't know. I just, thought, I was like thoroughly, I watched it on a plane and I was like, this was the best way to spend a plane trip was yeah. to, I was constant. I, this time flew by. Mm-hmm. Time flies when you're on a plane watching a Lego movie. I, uh, Everything flies when you're on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, what's I'm trying to. Th- oh, well, so I will say, uh, David, piggybacking on your thoughts about uh, the purge. It's one of the things. Okay, I really liked Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I really, really liked it. It's very good. I always feel like you're starting to say the name of someone named Donna. <laughs> you say the name Donna. Of you know, the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it a name, and it's Donna. So, <laughs> we come from Planet Donna. <laughs> oh, that's with the apes, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so, um, it's v- again, it's very, very good. But the thing that gets me is that it's not big enough. It feels like it needs to be bigger. This is the dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Right. It's beginning, but, but it's it just, just feels like a, it's just a small. It's like a small battle. Okay, and I feel like some of it. This is. This is where like the studio blockbuster mentality comes in because 
the nature of the Planet of the Apes story is that things don't go well for us. Right. And they keep seeming to hint that, okay, in the next movie, that's when shit's really going to hit the fan for people. And they just keep pushing it back. Right. It hasn't. It didn't happen in this movie, and it just it really it bothers me. But it's still very good. So you wanted you want the Terminator Three ending where all the bombs really go off and it's the end of humanity. Yeah, I want them to blow it up. Damn them! <laughs> damn them all God to hell. Um, I feel does like he, does he say goddamn? Yeah, I forget. Yeah, because it was an God argument. Damn. With, what does he say? He says, "Yeah, goddamn you." I haven't seen it in God a long time. Damn you! And then damn you all to hell. Yeah, but it, I think it was it was an argument with the studio. About interesting the use of uh, God damn, yeah. and he was and Charlton Heston was saying it's not. I'm not saying God damn. I'm saying God damn you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Charlton that Heston, was the argument he made. The, uh, Charlton Heston, for all uh, the things you might not like about his politics and stuff, he like stood up for the movies that he was in and the artists yeah. who made. I don't know if you know about uh, Major Dundee. Is that the the Sam Peckinpah movie that he was yeah, in? Yeah. That he like threatened to walk if because the, the studio was going to fire the director. He like. He believed in movies, so whatever you think about him, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, he believed in them so much that he would protect them with guns. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. He could pry movies from his cold dead fingers. <laughs> um, oh. All right. I feel like you wanted to talk about women in blockbusters. We and did. Stuff, and we barely did at all. Yeah, we, we, did. we didn't. We absolutely we didn't did. much. But I do think I do. I think made every absolutely. point that I wanted to make. Y- okay. You've got to see Hunger Games. I know, especially because there is. And I is, love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's, she's fantastic. She's wonderful. It's, uh, but also, and Jenna Malone's in the second one. I'm a big fan of Jenna Malone as well. I I like her. I feel like they don't do a whole lot with her character, though. I guess I they, think she uh, does a lot with she what does, she's given. She does a lot with what she's giving. Yeah. I, I will give you that. But um, but yeah, that, that's it's a good example uh of what you're talking about because you have Jennifer Lawrence, but then you also have oh hell. Josh That's Groban. Josh Groban, yes. Hutchinson. He's Hutchinson. Hutcher. Hutcherson. 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 Hutcherson Sons. Lumber. Josh Hutcherson. Hutcherson Sons Lumber. <laughs> this episode is yeah, brought but... to you by Hutcherson Sons Lumber. Um, so, uh, and, the, and so, like, it's always from each of these districts, it's always one man, one woman. Uh, and. Even and he is absolutely kind of the stereotypical like girl part. Like she's trying to, he, he's trying to like get Jennifer Lawrence to open up about her feelings and stuff, and she's right, protecting right. him every step of the way in the in the midst of the, the Hunger Games. And Love it's it. Really, it's really I, I, good. no one I know has been like, don't see the Hunger Games. <laughs> Not one person. I don't love the first one, but that second one is solid. I really like it. Did you? Which, which one did you like more? I think, yeah, the second one is better, but I like the first one a lot. I like the first one more than you did, as we talked about, but the right. second one is better. Yeah. yeah. Should I, I Orange think, is the New Black style? Just watch them back to back? Sure. Uh, I still haven't watched Orange is the New Black. I haven't either. I watched the first episode of the first season. That's how far I've gotten. Do you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. It's a female ensemble, comedy, that's dark. Do you think... I like Ginny Cohen. I think she's I think she's funny. Um, uh, uh here we're here to talk about women in blockbusters and stuff, but do you, I feel like there are more roles on TV these days yeah. for women. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, The Good I Wife think it's changing. is one. Uh, oh, girls. Scandal? Uh, Scandal I don't watch. Girls, Amy Schumer. Veep. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Veep. But also, you know, yeah, Amy Rec? Schumer and Broad City are both amazing Oh, yeah, Broad City. Shows. I forgot, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch Broad City? Uh, no, I don't have so Comedy great. Central. So great. 
You don't need Comedy Central. <laughs> you just need the internet. Yeah, but that's a th- like they don't show she whole episodes of things. And a flexible moral code. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I'm I'm excited. I thought you meant the official Comedy Central website. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just I'm 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 excited. I think this is a really great era. I know a lot of people who are trying to. I try to always encourage people when they're like complain about female roles in movies, and I'm like, what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Are you writing anything?" Mm. And they always are like, "No, I don't think I can write." And I'm like, "Let me tell you something. <laughs> you, I will get a script for you that is a piece of shit that was sold. Mm-hmm. There's no reason you shouldn't be writing. Even what if you what you think is shit, you just put it on a, put it down. You can learn from that. Just don't complain about it and not do anything." Because that's not productive, I don't think. If you're okay, well, now we're not creative types, or at least I'm. We're we're critics, so if I'm complaining about it, or if I'm at least championing films that are that are good, am I doing enough, or should I? Because well, I, I don't create, I don't write. Movies. But you're not trying to get role. You're not you're not an actress who's like going out for this stuff and complaining about this stuff. I see. You know what okay. I mean? Like, oh, I should I should qualify this with most of my friends are like actors or writers right that's sounds training yeah (laughs) they're all handfuls but you know if you're if you're i don't know if you've graduated high school you can probably figure out how to write a movie a bad maybe a bad one but you can write something pretty formulaic or you can write something that might be great you know because you're like this is my personal experience you can steal final drafts and they'll do all the formatting for you you, know, you can that part. fucking save the cat some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just don't, I don't know, like, just to rest on your laurels and be like, well, I guess I'll wait till something comes along for me. You're just going to be waiting forever because the people who have the problem with the with the roles being offered are the people who can see the ways to fix it. We can't leave it in the hands of people who are already in control because they're not, they're already not doing anything about it and they don't probably care. I have a dumb analogy. Yep. Uh, back when I was a kid and uh, or in junior high and I was doing drama at my church and all the all the little skits and stuff out of the drama books were awful. I hated them. And yeah. finally, I, and I just said, I don't like being in these. I'm just going to start writing them. And that's that's when I realized oh, that's an actual viable option. And that's when I started writing stuff. It just makes you feel like you have more control too. Absolutely. And I think when you can, when, when, especially me, and I'm totally guilty of it, complain about movies like, like Transformers and stuff. I I can't do that. I can't do a Transformers movie. Like I can complain about it, but I, well, let me ask you this. Um, Do you then feel more compelled to support things that were written by women? Always. Because Guardians of the Galaxy was written by a woman. Does that make you more likely to see it? Yeah, I'll go see it. Gotta see it. (laughs) Yeah. What if, okay, well, oh boy, this, okay, hang on now. This is fun. Because. Are you going to start rattling off movies that were written by women? And I'm going to tell you if (laughs) I'm. No, it's because, all right. uh, For example, I just mentioned that uh, doing stuff in church and stuff. Oh, real quick. What? Cloverfield came out in 2008. I was right. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, David. (laughs) (laughs) Ha Correspondent David Bax here with uh, <laughs> I had to get that breaking in. news. Um, six years old. But uh, so one thing that um, that you find in the Christian community, and there's a bit of a de- 
not really a debate happening, but it's something that is talked about a lot and I talk about it a lot, um, is the idea that Christians should see Christian movies whether they even think they're good or not because then they're giving them money and more of them will be made. I don't agree. Uh, I think you shouldn't give them money until you want them to, you know, so that they have a reason to get better. But, so now we have a, a situation where, like, movies written and maybe directed by women, but if they're bad and everybody acknowledges they're bad, do you think, and I, I will never put any stupid thought past uh, studio executives. Uh, there's not, you can say the, the dumbest shit, and I'll be like, I bet somebody thought it. Um, and the idea that, let's say, I don't know, let's say uh, Kristen Wiig or, or somebody just, they wrote a movie, uh, which they did with Bridesmaids. I mean, but they, Tammy. Yeah, which did not do very well. And what if, oh boy, what if like everybody supported it because it was, uh, it originated from a woman, but it still wasn't very good. Do you, th- do you feel like, uh, studio, ex- some studio executive somewhere might be like, well, you know, this is, they're just not uh, good at this. But the same thing happened. Like it went, we had baby mama, which was a huge success. Was it? It's it's pretty good. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty big success. Okay. Bridesmaids. Those were yeah, loved years it. apart. What's been what's what's been a big female hit since Bridesmaids? Nothing. Nothing. That was a huge movie, and studios weren't like, let's crank this shit out. Yeah. Or maybe they have been, and it's just all stuck in the in the pipeline. I I have a very complicated, I think, response to that, which is like, and maybe this is too pessimistic but i don't think in my lifetime things are going to change because the way that things are now women will go see the expendables <laughs> guys won't go see obvious child okay the problem I, is i'm feeling like a bit of a woman now because i would never go see the expendables. no but i'm saying yeah. like i'm saying the, the general movie going audience right not right. people who have like you know criteria for watching things in general it would probably be looked at as being gay right to go to a movie with your girlfriend that is a girl you no guy is going to go see sex in the city too which in my mind is on par with the expendables as far as how garbage it is yeah as far as how much i don't want to see it yeah this yeah. is so coming from someone who watched every episode of sex in the city skipped both the movies oh you sure i agree did. you did you did the right thing but I'm just saying, like, there is a weird thing where guys are just like, no, nah, I'm not going to go see that movie. So, like, that will never change until I think the kids who are, like, teenagers now who are who don't see gender divides like, like I think, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. Um, there have just been so, so many studies about them, them having, like, platonic friends um, who are the other – who are, you know – Girls hanging out with guys and they're just friends and guys hanging out with girls. So there's more of like an equal standing. So it's not a big deal Mm. to go see those movies anymore. You're not going to threaten your masculinity by going to see them. But I remember, I mean, I remember I was in in an elevator at um, my old job and I heard a woman going like, yeah, I'm going to go see The Expendables because like Sex and the Sea looks dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
Here's to, to eat your own, I suppose. But, here's uh, here's uh, an interesting agreed, fact. Agreed, but like both yeah. of them look but dumb. The thing, yeah, you could just stay at home. That you're night. just basically you're just saying like I hate women when you say that. <laughs> but to address Tyler's point, I think there is a problem where if um, I'm trying to think of a newer movie that didn't do that well. Um, that was like women. Let's uh, say no, in, think, in a world. Let's uh, say in a world. No, I'm not. I'm actually trying to think of like a male. Say, if The Expendables three or whatever doesn't do that well. People think, oh, maybe... You bad know, words. Uh, but people think, uh, uh, yeah, bad words doesn't do... Well, people think, uh, uh, oh, people didn't want to see that, or the marketing was bad, or all these other things. If Tammy doesn't do well, people think, oh, people don't want to see uh, a woman be funny anymore. Yeah. People like... Women get blamed for movies not doing well, and men don't get blamed when male movies don't do well. And neither one should be blamed. There's a billion things... The movie could be bad or it could be marketing or whatever. I do feel like Melissa McCarthy, man, I don't know. Like, this is probably really, I don't know, awful to say, but like, she had this, she has a success to, to A, make mistakes and not make mistakes. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like if you're, if you think you might make something that might not be good and you're in a position like her, it, it's, like you said, it's way more dangerous. Tammy is going to hurt female movies. Right. It's going to. Because that's just the way that the reality is right now. Yeah. And then people will continue to be surprised when once a year a female-driven movie makes a bunch of money. It, it, yeah. it, it never, it, like, it astounds me. Going back, yeah, Sex and the City, before that Devil Wears Prada, every year there's something that comes out in like the late spring, early summer that makes a shit ton of money and a bunch of articles get written about, hey, what do you know? Women go to see movies. Oh, and, and it, then it happens they forget with, about it and it happens again the next year. And it happens with the African-American audience as well. Think oh, Like yeah. Man 2 it was just number one at the box office in Which the midst of blockbuster season. I saw the first one. Uh, didn't care for it. I didn't hate the second one. I like that Kevin Hart. He is. He makes me laugh yeah. quite a bit. And I realize I did just sound like an old person. I like that. Anytime you say I like that, and then a person's name, it, you sound like an old person. Is yeah. there any reason that the title is "Think Like a Man"? Also, well, because it's like it's not sequentially a sequel. Oh, it's okay. just the same idea in a different venue. Oh boy. Huh. Okay. Kelsey Grammer produced that movie. What? A- what? This, this, you thought I was just going to talk about women in movies. I'm talking about Kelsey Grammer and all the little things yeah, he has his fingers his in. He, he plays the villain in, in Transformers. Mm-hmm. And then he took that money. He took that paycheck and said, I need. I loved that first thing. Like, like he a man needed movie more so money. <laughs> yeah, he's got X-Men money. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, you, I forgot. He's, trying to make he's us... been in three movies this year. Yeah. Because he's also in Think Like a Man, too. I think he's just trying to make us forget about that YouTube clip of him falling off the stage, which I'll never forget because uh-huh. it's the funniest thing maybe I've ever seen or in his, my life. Or the whole thing that happened with his ex-wife on uh, no, Real Housewives sad. of Beverly Hills. It's sad though, right? Or is it? I don't know. I, I don't, don't watch know. those shows. I, I don't know. Thankfully, don't know what you are talking about. Well, good for you. That's a win. Good for me. Yeah, that is a win in your column. Okay. For but sure. you've seen the video of him falling off the stage? Mm-mm. Okay. When we wrap here, we're going to watch it. I hate it's watching 20 it. 20 seconds long, and it's the funniest thing in the world. Why do is you it funnier it? Than, the, than the newscast where they talk about the kidnapping victim or kidnapper and they cut to a picture of a hamster dressed as a director? <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that. 
Well, I just ruined it for you, but not really because it does not stop getting funny. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something that mere words could uh, sum no. up well. No, the no in terms that- of video, like internet videos that make me laugh. There's the kid getting beamed in the head by the basketball. I don't know if you've seen that That's, one. I nope. love it. It's brilliant. It almost, You couldn't have staged it better. You see, okay, I'm going to explain <laughs> it. High school basketball team, someone, uh, a, a, a parent in the stands is filming with a video camera, right? They're they're at one end of the court. Cameras, the, the team's at the far end, right? So the camera's pointed that way. You see just at the bottom of the screen, a little kid, someone's little brother. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. He's, doing, he's doing laps around the he, court. Just running. You see him run along the side of the court. And he disappears out of the frame, right? And then just at the buzzer, one of the kids from the other team launches a full court shot, try, just trying to make a court at the, get at the buzzer. The camera pans, and you see as it, as the first the basket comes into frame, and then the kid rounding the corner, running up the baseline, comes into frame just as the ball from full court misses this. the basket, hits his kid in the head. He goes fucking horizontal. Yeah. I've seen this. It's the funny. Yeah. Okay, top three things: Kelsey Grammer. That that kid, and then the high school news segment, homeroom news segment. Oh, boom uh, goes ha- the dynamite. No, no, that's a good, that's a okay. college one. That one. Boom goes the no, but uh, this is the one. It's the Halloween one. Have you seen this? It's uh-uh. the, 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 it, it's for some sort of high school homeroom news what a video. They're interviewing kids about Halloween, but it's a little prank. So the one kid is interviewing the other, and they're standing in front of one of those big trash cans, like big plastic blue trash cans with the lid. I've seen this. And he's asking oh, the kid, like, so are you planning on going trick-or-treating? He's like, no, whatever. And then a kid jumps out of the trash can with a wolfman mask yeah, on yeah. and goes, ah. And the kid being interviewed, no hesitation, <laughs> punches him directly in, in the, the face. Dr- yeah. Oh, in the face. In the face. He, the, <laughs> his, like, his head goes down. He falls into the trash can. <laughs> Trash can lid closes. <laughs> like he's like he's on Sesame Street. I'm interested yeah. in this one. Uh, so those are the three uh, funniest videos. So I don't know why you don't like this Kelsey Grammer one. Here's why. Because I it's been many years since I've acted on stage. Uh-huh. But I have such empathy in that moment. You're in character. And I had a, I had a moment, it was during rehearsal, thankfully, in which we had rehearsed on one stage, but then we were then we went to a, a another city and now we're performing on this other stage that was incidentally a little shorter. And so I like stumbled just a little bit, thankfully again, just during rehearsal. And so I look at that and I just think that's so embarrassing and everyone's going to laugh at him. And it's just that he was just in character. Uh I, I mean, I think he was not playing a part. I think he was just doing almost like a one man show type of Uh thing and then just falls off. And I just think like, Oh, I feel so bad for him because now he just wanted to go and do this thing. But it's Kelsey Grant. It's the big, like... There's a pompous, pompous quality to him. Kelsey yes. Grant, he goes, oh, God. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. Okay, we got to watch this. We're going to wrap up then, okay. I think, because we need to get to watching these internet videos. We have stuff to do, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Did you watch that, uh, David, did you watch that Andre the Giant show that I sent you? No, it's like five minutes long. All right. Too long for an internet thing. Going to have to watch that. I don't watch things that are over a minute on the internet. <laughs> um, Good rule. <laughs> That's not true. I watch all kinds of stuff. Um, so uh, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Oh, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, are you going to be at San Diego Comic-Con? Ah, it's too bad. It's unfortunate. Uh, Thursday, I guess that's the 24th of July. Yep. Or Thursday night. There's only one Thursday during Comic-Con. That Thursday night, come to Dublin Square, 8 to 10 p.m. That's a bar, restaurant bar on 4th Avenue. 
meet up with us, the guys from the Criterion cast, the guys from the Warner Archive. It's going to be a big podcast meetup. Yeah. Some, uh, the, the kids from the Televerse are going to be there. Yeah. I don't know why I'm being... Anyway. Uh, Screencast. Who else? Out Now. Yeah. Uh, all these podcasts are going to be represented. Come to Dublin Square. Hang out. Uh, and meet up, meet up with us. They've uh, promised they're going to turn the music down in that section. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so you can actually have a conversation with us. Yeah, that was the problem the last couple of years. Yeah. Anyway, um, other than that, you can find us at BattleshipPretension.com. You can find uh, all sorts of movie reviews there, including uh, Tyler's review of uh, Donna, the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um, my reviews of Happy Christmas, Obvious Child. You can If you go back, you can find a review of that up there. Um, that's at battleshipretention.com. Email us, David at battleshipretention.com. Tyler at battleshipretention.com. I'm on Twitter at The Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at morethanonelesson.com. My other podcast is, uh, it's called Hey Watch This with Paul and David. That's Paul, the king of TV, Goble. We do, uh, talk about TV every week. This week, we're talking about a couple of things, uh, Extant. Extant or extant? Oh, I my friend saw the pilot. Said it was really good. It's hmm. it's it could be promising. It's okay. not bad. Uh, it's a pilot. That's your teaser for your yes. podcast. So ex, either extant or extant, and we're talking about Welcome to Sweden, uh, the show made by Amy Poehler's brother, who is famous for being Amy Poehler's brother. Yeah. Um, well. That's that. Aaron, where can people find you? And I'm at Giblotron. I'm at Giblotron, and then Throwing Shade comes out on uh, Wednesday on Funny or Die as a video podcast, and then Thursday in audio form. And then we're going to be in uh, D.C., Boston, Toronto. Oh, cool. All right. The, I don't know the dates, but I know <laughs> we're going because I bought a plane ticket. So so you can go to, what's, is there a website where people can mm-hmm. find the dates? Throwingshade.com slash tour. Not backslash. I learned my lesson. No, yeah, yep. not backslash. Learn my lesson. And, uh, you know, you can Google it. All right. You can Google so, it. Or if you just live in those cities, just keep your eyes open. You know? Keep your eyes peeled for us on the streets. Yeah. 3 a.m., the wagons are going to come into the city like the beginning of Dumbo. Yeah. And I'm, the, and I'm the baby elephant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at Gibblertron. Yeah. That's my last name. If it, if my nickname was Gibbler, but as a robot. It, right. it flows. Is that two B's? Real easy. G-I-B-B-L-E-R-T-R-N. Okay. So yeah. it's not your last name. It's my last, last name name's of Gibson. a Full House character Yeah, mixed with a... Disney sci-fi movie from 1982. You got it. Okay. That's a better way to describe it. I think, I, I think I've said this on the show before. When I was putting together uh, More Than One Lesson and the Twitter handle, which is More Lessons, uh-huh. um, I wanted it to just be More Than One Lesson, but there were two, there were two too good. many characters. So it, w- it wound up being More Than One Less, which was like it kind of hurt my brain and I loved it. And so I was like, I guess I'll just go with More Lessons. And then you said, you know, you could have just used the numeral one. And that, this was like three years after I started it. And I thought, wow, that has, that did not occur to me and would not have occurred to me had you not said that. But it, it was too late by then. More than one less. I love it. But it's not. It's at more lessons. It's at more lessons. I'm but now I, I wish it was more than one lesson. I'm at point. the pretension. Aaron's at Gibblertron. Let's get this over with. Thanks for listening. At more Thanks lessons. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Bye. Wine. <laughs> okay.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.